Welcome back, everyone. It's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast again. Stacey and Pete, again. Again. (laughs) Are you sick of us yet? It's been a week. Yes, it has. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Some scary stuff, some sad stuff. Yeah. Our hearts go out to those in Ukraine. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to kind of put yourself out there on social media at this time while everything's going on. Sometimes you feel a little conflicted with, should I even do anything? You know what I mean? Right. Like, But I do feel like when we started this podcast and, you know, the accompanying social media pages and whatnot, it was during another scary time. And it was really because we were so scared and so uncertain and so worried for other people and for ourselves. But the warm and fuzzy feelings that the things we were watching from our childhood and teen years was bringing us made us feel like, well, maybe we could remind other people of these things and help them to feel better. Right. Like provide an escape. It was an escape for us. Right. It was fun to climb back into that comfortable spot. And the point of all this was to bring anyone else that wants to along with us on that. Right. Shine a little light, but certainly don't want to take away from anything that's going on either. Absolutely. And like I work with people in Poland and they know people in the Ukraine that have come over the border and there's other people that haven't. So, you know, there's stresses in their lives, but they need an escape as well. It may be something like this. It may be something different, but Mm -hmm. I think it's good that we keep providing it. Yes. So let's focus on some good things that have happened in our lives this week. I don't know. Not too much has gone on. You went and saw a movie today. The Batman. What'd you think? I liked it. It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. Uh, It's not the best Batman movie I've ever seen, but it's a very good one. It's well acted, well shot. I mean, I thought it was pretty good overall. I enjoyed it. And I'd say if you're a fan of Batman or superhero movies, you'll enjoy it. What about if you're a fan of Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz? Big time, you will really enjoy it. (laughs) I think it's one that I just wanted to kind of wait for to watch at home. It's not a theater movie for me, but I mean, I'll definitely want to watch it. It was a good theater experience because from a visual standpoint, it was impressive. Yeah. All right. What about you? Any highlights from the week? Our social media entrepreneur over here? Entrepreneur. (laughs) Well, I did have an exciting moment, actually two exciting moments, random, but I had shared this clip from Double Dare. Yeah. This was like two weeks ago where it was family Double Dare. But it was a special like celebrity edition. It's like pro-am. You're there with like a pro and an amateur. Yes. So the guests were Kelly Williams from Family Matters Matters, and then Will Wheaton. Yeah. Okay. Everybody knows Will Wheaton, right? I had shared it. Not even think like sometimes I just randomly pick stuff. No real reason. I was just like, oh, that's fun. It has celebrity guests because I just was thinking I wanted to share Double Dare because it had been a while since I had shared anything about Double Dare. And then I came across that one. And so I just randomly picked it. And a little while later, I got a notification. Several people had tagged, like I tagged both of them in it just because, sometimes you know, you do because you just never know. Sure. Um, But several other people had tagged Will in it, like in the comments. And he commented. Yeah. And he was like, holy crap, I've been looking 
I forget exactly what he said, but he's like, I've been wanting to see this again for years in right. all caps. Yeah. Like he was so excited. He was. He was like, thank you for sharing. I feel like it was at like 1230 at night or something. Yeah, because you were almost asleep. And I was like, babe, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other day I actually shared, um, what was it? Oh, it was just like a promo for Teen Win, Loser, Draw. Mm -hmm. And so it really was just flashing, you know, because when they did Teen Win, Loser, Draw, they would have teenage celebrities come on to play again with regular people. Right. And so it just flashed all the different celebrities that would be on that season or in the next couple episodes. And Will Wheaton happened to be one of them. But there were several others, Regina King and Jason Hervey, you know, who played Wayne in The Wonder Years. It had one of the girls from... Charles in Charge. I had a bunch of people. And again, this one, I didn't even tag anybody because it showed everybody so quickly. Right. Like, I just I just shared it. It was like a 15 second clip. And Will Wheaton shared it to his stories and was like, enjoy this clip of me on Teen Win, Loser, Draw, <laughs> which is just fun because, you know, you see my little like tag on it or whatever. So he wasn't tagged in it? No. Well, I think other people may have, but I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't tag him in it. I gotcha. And then also uh, Jason from the Wonder Years, commented on it. And he was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So I just thought that was. That is a good week. Fun little moment. And people have started sharing nostalgic prom pictures with us, which is like one of my favorite times of year. As far as like the kind of pictures that our followers share with us. Right. I still have a bunch from last year that I haven't shared yet. Check out the page and I'll be posting those pictures probably at least once a day. Mm -hmm. But I've already gotten some really great ones. I can't wait to see them. I think I'll be sharing them pretty much because my prom was in March. When was your prom? Did, well, did you have a prom? Oh, you weren't able to go to your prom. I did not go to my prom. Do you remember it, when it was, though? Ooh, I feel like it was a little later because of how cold it was yeah. or could be in New York. I feel it was potentially in May. Yeah, I was actually looking up like what is considered prom season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things I was pulling up said June, but I was like, I was already out of school by June. We were still in school in June. It could have been June because it was warm. Yeah. No, we, ours was in like the middle of March okay. or April. But I think, you know, it varies. So I'll probably be sharing prom pictures through the spring. Sweet. And I was thinking of another way to connect with the audience since you are very active on the social medias. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm really active on is now my Oculus Quest 2. I moved from my index to the Oculus Quest 2, but... The point of that is you can connect with people on there. So if anybody in the audience feels like sending me a friend request or whatever it is on there, do so and I'll accept it. Can you like talk to people or do you play you play with them? Well, I only play one game on there. It's called In Death Unchained. But we could there's like hangout spots, so you could go hang out virtually. And you could do it too. Like if you wanted to stroll through a virtual world and talk with somebody. You could chat or whatever, but I would probably just message. Well, you're also on Instagram. I am on Instagram. I will comment daily, at least once. (laughs) He always checks in with what I'm doing. Yeah, usually at about midnight. And about once a month, he'll check in on the Facebook group. Yeah, I will go through a lot of the posts. Well, it's more than once a month, usually when I'm editing. So twice a month. Okay. Anyway, so I guess that's our weekend review of sorts. It's a very good week. (laughs) Show and tell. Whose turn is it this time? Joey is up. Like Joey from Dawson's Creek? Yes. Yes. She was born in 86, so she's 36. Her favorite 80s movie, Can't Buy Me Love. 
Yes. Which I know this one now, yep. thanks to this show. Mm-hmm. What a blessing this show has been for me. <laughs> what a blessing. <laughs> Her favorite 80s song, Where Is My Mind by Pixies. That is fantastic. Good choice. Do you know what movie that's in? Fight Club. I was about to say Fight Club. Oh, I bet you I bet you were. I was actually, no. but I heard a noise in the background that sounded like a distant gunshot. <laughs> I know you knew what it was. Favorite 80s show, Saved by the Bell. Good choice. Very good choice. I wonder who her favorite character was on that show. Who's yours? I mean, I love them all. Who is your favorite? My favorite overall character. Favorite overall character. I mean, I, th- I feel like my answer is different now than it would have been when I was a kid. Now I would say Lisa. Okay. When I was a kid, I probably would have said Zach or Kelly. You? Kelly, right? Or Zach? Um, Jesse. Jesse? Yep, she's my favorite. You look like you're being sarcastic. <laughs> I am. It's <laughs> Kelly. You called it. I'm so predictable. Um, okay, favorite 90s movie, Romeo and Juliet or 10 Things I Hate About You? Favorite 90s song. And Joey says, this is probably the hardest question I've ever had to answer. (laughs) Sorry, Joey. I feel accomplished, and you should as well. (laughs) I still claim music from the 90s will never be beat in all genres, but one of her favorites is Doo-Wop That Thing by Lauryn Hill. Such a good song. Oh my god, it was so good. I love it. 90s show, Friends. Favorite toys. She was always outdoors, so probably her rollerblades, her trampoline, and her Walkman. She did love her Barbie camper RV, and she had a porcelain doll that looked like a real baby named Alexis, and she loved her. Aww. I wonder if she still has Alexis. Do you still have Alexis? just felt like I was going to set off our Alexa by saying that. (laughs) We didn't say hello to Harold and Pickles and Bartholomew today, so hello, (laughs) the three of you. (laughs) You're so random. Well, I was thinking about Alexis, and nobody said hello to Alexis today, and she probably felt alone. You don't know that nobody said hello to Alexis. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Favorite books, Goosebumps, American Girl Stories. Samantha was her favorite. I don't know that I know the American Girl Stories. Well, the American Girl Dolls, do you remember those? Mm -hmm. That was like, I think I was just at the cutoff of getting those. I remember seeing them everywhere, like when it blew up really big. But yeah, I'd never had them as a kid. They weren't popular when I was little. I think, I, I can't remember. I don't know what year they came in, but... And I'm like a full 10 years older than Joey, so I missed the American Girl dolls <laughs> and the stories. I didn't even know there were stories. Neither. Favorite store, KB Toys or Claire's? Claire's you could go into for hours, I feel like. That was just a lot of great accessories. Yes. And gag gifts and... Mm. No, 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 no. I'm You're thinking, thinking Spencer's. of Spencer's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go into Claire's. I was like, did you spend time at Claire's? I was thinking Spencer's. Claire's was there. It's like got the bracelets and earrings and stuff. Yeah, and like people would go get their ears pierced there. Yes. I rescind my love of Claire's. (laughs) I loved Claire's and KB Toys. 
Okay, and then she shared some favorite memories. She said, I had two best friends whose dad worked in the wheat harvest. So every summer they would come stay in an RV on their uncle's land, which happened to be across the street from where I grew up. We lived way out in the country surrounded by wheat fields. I can remember every summer just staring out the window and waiting until I saw their blue Suburban pull up. From that moment on, we were inseparable until they had to go back to their hometown for the start of the new school year. We spent our days and nights running around in the fields, building tree houses, telling ghost stories. Think now and then. I truly believe I had the best childhood any kid could ever imagine, yet it was so simple. That sounds magical. It does. I can really relate to that. Some of the best times I had were out in the country at friend's house that had either a lot of land themselves or were surrounded by a lot of land and you just went out and played mm-hmm. in the fields. I remember we had these one friends that there was a bull like <laughs> on their land yeah, and we would like go up to the fence and I just remember being terrified thinking he was going to just come through the fence at me. Rightfully so. I mean, <laughs> I got scared of just cows as an adult. <laughs> I was kayaking by myself through this very small stream and on either side there was like six cows just standing there chewing. But I would have had to have passed within three feet on both sides. And fear got the best of me. And I paddled backwards, got out and went around them. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they were going to eat you? Well, they're just so big. Like I didn't like if they did something, they're like 600 pounds. I was just like, I'm by myself in the water. They could just drown me accidentally. Like if I land on you. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably better safe than sorry. Yeah. They had just trampled one of my dogs who thankfully made it out. So I was witness to a coordinated attack by cows on a dog. Okay. Well, this makes a lot more sense. Yes. Thank you for providing some more context. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, thank you, Joey. That was great. And if you would like to be featured in our show and tell segment, just reach out to us via DM on Instagram or send us an email and we'll get you a questionnaire to fill out. Also, be sure and send us a picture of yourself as a kid, a teenager, and a current photo if you want to, and we'll feature you on our Instagram page as well. Speaking of Instagram, you can find us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. There is a very fun Facebook group, the Cozy Club, fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can help support the podcast by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. You can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. And if you like our content, we'd really appreciate you giving us a five star rating and a quick review. Those numbers do matter for us. So if you haven't done that, please just take a few moments of your time and share about the podcast and our social media. If you have any friends or family that you think might enjoy it, spread the word. Let them know. All right. So what is our feature presentation today? We are covering, from 2003, Old School. One, two, one, woo! Now, when I say feature presentation, do you picture that thing from the drive-in? When, like, the hot dogs and hamburgers and french fries would all run by and they'd have their little cartoon about the movie was about to start? And then it would say, feature presentation. I do now. You do? Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so this is a comedy directed by Todd Phillips, who also co-wrote the script with Scott Armstrong. So if you don't know, Old School is a story about three men who are in their 30s. You have Frank the Tank Ricard, played by Will Ferrell, who is newly married. He gets married at the beginning of the movie, uh, but soon realizes that marriage is not what he expected it to be. Very quickly figures it out. <laughs> 
Then you got Bernard Beanie Campbell, who's played by Vince Vaughn. He's also married. He's got two kids. He's pretty successful, but seems to be kind of bored with life. So he lights up when their buddy, Mitch Martin, who's also known as the Godfather, played by Luke Wilson, who finds out his girlfriend is cheating on him. So he moves out and moves into a house that just happens to be on a college campus. They soon find out that they have to vacate the house, but they find a loophole and learn that if they start a fraternity that's open to anyone, then they can stay. And then the fun really begins. So the rest of the cast, there's a lot of people. So we're going to go through it pretty quickly. We have Jeremy Piven as Dean Gordon Cheese Pritchard. Cheese. Ellen Pompeo as Nicole. She's like an old friend of Mitch's who he runs into at Frank's wedding. And then, you know, they become a little love interest. And then Juliette Lewis as Heidi, who is Mitch's girlfriend that cheated on him at the beginning of the movie. We have Leah Remini as Laura, who's Bernard's wife. Perry Reeves as Marissa, who's Frank's wife. And Craig Kilborn plays Mark, who is Nicole's a-hole boyfriend. <laughs> There's Patrick Fischler as Michael. Sarah Tanaka as Megan. Simon Helberg as Jerry. Sean William Scott as Peppers, one of my favorite <laughs> characters in this movie. Yes. Alicia Cuthbert plays Darcy. And Patrick J. Adams plays Patch. Patrick Cranshaw as Joseph Blue Pulaski. And sadly, he passed away in 2005. Mm. You're my boy, Blue. My boy. Rick Gonzalez as Spanish. And Jared Mixon as Weensy. Matt Walsh as Walsh. Artie Lang plays Booker. And Rob Corddry plays Warren. There's a cameo by Todd Phillips, who's the director. He's the guy that shows up at Mitch's house and says he's there for the gangbang. <laughs> yeah. Brian Callen as Avi, the waiter. And Harv Presnell as Mr. Springbrook. James Carville plays himself. And then performing at Mitchapalooza, we had Snoop Dogg, Warren G., Cocaine, and Bishop Don Magic Juan, who had his green hat. <laughs> Bring your green hat! <laughs> Terry O'Quinn, well, Mr. John Locke himself, as Goldberg, who was actually uncredited and also uncredited, was Andy Dick as the oral sex instructor. I wish somebody in the industry could tell us why people go uncredited. I'm sure there's a reason. I just don't know what it is. Especially when they're people that are like some of the more recognizable people in the film. Yeah. That's very odd. All right. Fun facts. You ready? I'm ready. The budget. For old school. One of my favorite things. It was reportedly $24 million. It made back $76 million in North America and another $11 million abroad. So it definitely made a profit. So old school was actually Todd Phillips' third movie about hard partying college students. The first was his 1997 documentary Frat House. He took that movie to the Sundance Film Festival where he met comedy filmmaker and Animal House producer Ivan Reitman. Oh, wow. So, which he actually just passed away mm -hmm. recently. He did. Uh, but Reitman was the one who kind of turned Phillips toward comedy. And he produced his next two films, which were Road Trip in 2000 and then Old School. Very nice. Good job, Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Some of Luke Wilson's scenes, like when he arrives home, were done in one take. The crew nicknamed him One Take Wilson. Ah, that's nice. That has to feel good to be like, well, I guess I'm done for the day. It's <laughs> like you got like three scenes and you shot them all in one take. You're like, all right, let's go party. Well, and I'm sure that probably, like, I'm sure all of the crew, you know, were excited when he was coming on set because they knew it would be quick when it was, especially when it was just something that was just him, you know? Mm -hmm. So they wrote the part of Bernard with Vince Vaughn in mind. 
because they were impressed by his performances in movies like Swingers and Made. But Vince Vaughn had done such a good job of establishing himself as a serious dramatic actor that the studio didn't want him for old school. Hmm. And Vince said, quote, they didn't think I could do comedy. Todd really had to push for me. I think he even told them to watch me on Letterman to see that I could be funny. What were his serious roles? Uh, Well, he had done like A Cool Dry Place mm. and Return to Paradise. I don't know when that Jurassic Park movie was. He was in uh, uh. The Lost World. I'm trying to to think of all the Vince Vaughn movies because I have every single one on DVD that if it happened before like 2009 or something. But it's just funny to think that there was a time that somebody thought that Vince Vaughn couldn't do comedy. I know. That is wild to hear. Which I know. I, I think he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I think he's hilarious. Yeah. So in 2006, a sequel titled Old School Dose was written by <laughs> Scott Armstrong but it was turned down by the original stars, Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn. He said it was basically the same story, but in a spring break setting. So I guess they didn't want to do the same thing again, which I get. I know, but it's still sad to think about. Yeah. I feel like I heard again, like later on that they were talking about doing a sequel, but now it's like every time they talk about it, I just don't believe it's going to happen. So I try not to get my hopes up. Mm -hmm. I think the same happened with Wedding Crashers, maybe they were talking about it, but... I don't think we'll ever see it. I don't think so either. So Mitch's house, which is the one that they make the frat house, is a real residential house that's located on Pasadena's Bushnell Avenue. It's on a two-block stretch that's been used for locations in several Michael J. Fox movies. Oh, wow. The same house appeared in Back to the Future Part 2. It's the one where Biff steals a kid's ball and tosses it onto the house's balcony. (laughs) Okay. And then down the street are George McFly's 1955 home from the first Back to the Future. And the house where the 1955 Lorraine lived in that movie. And then there's also a house where Fox's character lived in Teen Wolf. Well, I guess if we ever go to Pasadena, we are going to Bushnell Ave. Right. Because that is incredible to have that many famous homes in one small area. What did it say? Two block stretch? Yeah. That is awesome. Lots of nostalgia. So the college scenes were largely shot in Los Angeles at UCLA and USC. There's one helicopter shot of the campus, but that's actually a flyover of Harvard University, which Phillips recycled from road trip. That's so funny because I would never pick that out. But, you know, like if there are people who went to those schools and they saw it, they're like, wait a minute. Hey, that's Harvard. That's not UCLA. Or, you know, if they flew over Yale, on the other hand. Yeah, then we'd know. (laughs) Brown for me. Brown. Is that their school color? No, that's another Ivy League school. Brown. Oh. (laughs) that's funny (laughs) don't buy me (laughs) i thought this was a fun little tidbit so the church where will ferrell gets married or frank frank the tank gets married showed up again two years later in vaughn and owen wilson's film wedding crashers oh that's the same church yeah oh wow well we see them in a lot of churches and wedding crashers but i think that that's like the first one where they're like sitting they actually like do a lot of like filming and where rachel mcadams and isla fisher come in like that wedding okay i could be wrong but I, i feel like that's the same one we'll have to check it out We've been watching Canadian Big Brother, so I've been saying some Canadian words here. I just said out. 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 (laughs) So the last day of filming 
was all Mitchapalooza, where we get a surprise performance by Snoop Dogg, and it ends with Will Ferrell streaking through town. Ferrell had already shot the streaking sequence, where he was actually fully naked, but he needed some liquid courage to drop Trout in front of Snoop himself. (laughs) To actually be in front of Snoop Dogg that close and naked, Ferrell said, that was more intimidating than anything. Yeah, I think I would need some liquid courage, too. Uh, Ditto. So he didn't even have like a... uh, What's it called? A sock? (laughs) I guess no sock. (laughs) So Snoop, Snoop Snoop-a-loop. Snoop-a-loop. He really wanted to play Huggy Bear in Todd Phillips' upcoming adaptation of Starsky and Hutch. Did you ever see that? Do it. Do Do it. it. Do it. (laughs) So that's how Todd was able to persuade Snoop to cameo as himself in old school as a condition for landing the role of Huggy Bear. Good on you, Todd. That was was smart thinking. (laughs) So after... His scene was complete. Snoop invited Vince Vaughn to party with him in his trailer. Luke Wilson was upset (laughs) when he found out about it later on because nobody invited poor Luke. I'd be upset too. I would be as well. Like, was he a stick in the mud or something? Like, I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't around and they forgot. He's probably more pissed at like Vince for not being like, hey, we should invite Luke. Yep. Old School was actually the film that led to the coining of the term the frat pack, which was used to describe the group of comic actors and frequent collaborators that included Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn, Luke and Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller, and Jack Black, to name a few. The frat pack. That's great. I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. So you have the rat pack, the brat pack, and the frat pack. All right. You want to tell me your favorite moments? We are all ready to favorite moments. I know. Actually, I had a hard time finding a lot of fun facts. Yeah, you mentioned that, which was surprising to me. I know. It's okay. I I still feel like it was a good amount. It's good info. So my first favorite moment, Frank the Tank coming back out again. We get... We get the lead into that where he's telling the people at the party what he's going to do this upcoming weekend where, you know, they're going to go to Bed Bath and Beyond and Home Depot or something like that. But he's like, Bed Bath and Beyond, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. (laughs) They'll think he's joking. But then we get his beer bong scene, which is the source of something that we do often. And we say, we'll do one. I'll do one. I'll do one. I'll do one. I'll do one. We'll do one. We'll do one. It's and then when he does it. It's so good. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. <laughs> Just that one little segment has so many quotable moments. It does. Every time I'm ever going to go to Bed Bath and Beyond, I say, "I don't know. I don't know if I have enough time." <laughs> they just closed our Bed Bath and Beyond. They did. Yeah. We can't go get our bubblies for our soda machine. We've got to find another way. We do. All right, my first favorite moment is at Frank's wedding when Beanie's trying to talk him out of getting married as the wedding is actively taking place. (laughs) (laughs) Like people are walking down. Obviously, they're already standing out on the stage. You know, the rest of the wedding party's coming. And um, he starts talking to him and they're like, what are you talking about? You're married. He's like, I got a wife, kids. Do I sound like a happy guy to you, Frankie? Yeah, there's my wife. Now, see that? Always smiling. Hi, honey. Judging, watching. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. That's another quote that I always yeah, say, you do. which has no, never any context, really, when I'm just like, look at the baby. Look at the baby. <laughs> uh, and then later he, he calls. He's like, and Marissa. Don't do it. 
<laughs> but I love like he's protesting so much. But then when Marissa's dad is giving her away, like walking her down the aisle, he, he leans down and shakes his hand and he's like, it takes a man to give away an angel. You're a sweetheart. <laughs> and he like winks at him and stuff. He's so smooth. <laughs> a true Vince Vaughn fashion. My second favorite moment, Frank getting into the car, butt naked, <laughs> ass first. It makes me laugh every single time I see it. I guarantee that this was a Will Ferrell improvisation. Like, it has to be. It's just so funny. And like the look on those girls' faces when his ass comes in there. <laughs> the way they're so just trying funny. to like scramble yes. to the other side of the car. <laughs> and then I put here, because it is really funny, but such a small, delicate moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicate. You, you might just miss it. I also love, though, like before he gets into the car and he's like, you know, his wife is driving and the, all the girls roll up on him. And he's like, oh, hey, honey, yeah. <laughs> like as he's like slowly jogging nude, <laughs> nude. But then when he gets in the car and Leah Remini's character, Laura, is like a little cold out there tonight, Frank, <laughs> yeah. you know, but then he's like, do you think KFC still open? <laughs> <laughs> OK, my second favorite moment when we get introduced to Jeremy Piven's character, Dean Pritchard. He comes into Mitch's house. Mitch and Beanie are hungover, sitting on the couch. And then we get this fun exchange. Beanie, you remember Cheese, Rodney's kid brother? Actually, my name isn't Cheese anymore. It's Gordon Pritchard. Oh, yeah. Cheese. Yeah. Didn't we lock you in the dumpster one time? I got out. Cool, man. Glad you did. <laughs> I love yeah, it so much. Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> I love it just so casually. Didn't we lock you in the dumpster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got out. <laughs> All right. My final favorite moment when Mitch is in the office with his boss, Locke from Lost, <laughs> and in walks Darcy in her school outfit. And we find out that's his boss's daughter. And he says, and to think in seven months, you'll be graduating from high school. <laughs> <laughs> that look on Mitch's face because Mitch had hooked up with Darcy. He had just spent the night with her. At Mitchapalooza. And he thought she was just a college student. Mm -hmm. so. My third favorite moment is when Frank shoots himself in the neck with the tranquilizer gun. <laughs> His whole interaction with Sean William Scott's character, Peppers. We'll just play it here. Okay. From Ow! Oh! Yes! That's awesome. What? You just took one in the jugular, man. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, I did. Is this bad? You should pull that out. That is not cool. Wait, wait, pull one out. The dart, man. Got a fucking dart in your neck. You're crazy, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy. You just took one in the jugular, man. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> so <laughs> then we get this whole scene. Mind you, while we're at Bernard's son's birthday party. So right. there are kids everywhere. Bernard's dressed up as a clown. He's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and Frank is now just tearing through the party like a drunk T-Rex. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he like falls down and then he's like, oh, I, I can't even do it. Yes, you're much better at it. <laughs> He falls into the pool, and then we hear the sounds of silence yeah. playing. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. 
As he's envisioning, he's on the beach with Marissa, and she's yes. leaning in to kiss the to kiss him. And next thing you know, he wakes up and he's making out with Peppers, yeah. who's performing mouth to mouth on him. And Peppers is not happy about that. He just French kissed me, <laughs> so he proceeds to kick him back into the pool. Oh my God! What a scene! <laughs> so much going on. Yes. Is this bad? <laughs> All right. So my first HM. The whole A-team van sequence. <laughs> I love how they're doing burnouts with that thing. They start out with a burnout and they are just driving very aggressively throughout town, picking up frat pledges, tossing them in the van. They've got the pantyhose over their faces. They do. <laughs> and they pull up to the one guy in the parking lot of the grocery, grocery store. store and he's mm-hmm. there with his wife. They grab him. They throw him in. And Will Ferrell's like, you tell anyone about this and we'll kill you. <laughs> and she starts like screaming. He's like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll have him home by seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, my first HM is a bunch of HMs. I'm so sorry. It's a bunch in one. But that wedding reception gave us so much. Did. First of all, we have the Dan Band, which is a real group, by the way. They're a comedy band that was created by actor-comedian Dan Finnerty, who actually happens to be Kathy Jimmy's husband. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're known for like their covers that were originally female-performed pop songs. With added obscenities and swearing, right? (laughs) So they perform Total Eclipse of the Heart and Lady here at the reception. But they're also featured in some of Todd Phillips' other movies like Starsky and Hutch and The Hangover. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And one time Sarah and I were going to go see them live. I think they were going to play in Orlando, but we missed it somehow. But I I wanted to go so bad. Yeah. But just the looks on their faces, like when Frank and Marissa are dancing and all of a sudden you get... Yeah, and every now and then I fall apart. And they're just like, wait, what is happening right now? Oh, it's so great. It's like they missed that in their hunt for a wedding band. Yes. Of course, you've got really wrecked Beanie and Mitch at the wedding. They've both just drank themselves into an oblivion. They're giving speeches. The way Beanie's like high-fiving everybody, being all obnoxious, reminded me of a few friends of ours. Yep. And then Mitch is like sitting out in like the lobby area or whatever that is. And that's where he meets Nicole, mm-hmm. Ellen Pompeo's character. <laughs> she's telling him where she's been living. She says Denver. And he's like, ah, Denver, the Sunshine, the sunshine State. state. <laughs> And then he spills the coffee all over her, and he's practically, like, going up her dress to try to dry it. And then you have uh, Laura, Leah Remini's character, comes to save her, and she shuts him down, and she's like, inappropriate, Mitch. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. Stop it. Inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my next HM, the entire Snoop scene. I love the lead-in to it, where Beanie's talking about who he's going to have there, and he's telling Mitch, like, I own six speaker cities. You know, I'm worth $3 million. I'm not going to have some crappy college band. You just get ready. And then who comes out? Because I honestly, I hadn't watched this movie in a while. So I was like, I forget who this is. <laughs> then it was Snoop. I was like, oh, that's right. So it's th- that whole scene is just incredible. And it's so fun to watch Snoop in like that type of setting. Yes. And then getting that crowd crazy. Like, it's great. And then Frank interrupts it. Yes. With all of his naked ass self. And tries to get everybody to go streaking. Who's streaking through the quad? <laughs> <laughs> We're going streaking! Yeah! I mean, and I'll never forget, because he says to old Bishop Don Magic Wand, bring, bring your green hat, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> I also love the concept of earmuffs. I don't know if we ever heard this before this movie. I hadn't. Where Beanie 
he's explaining to Mitch and Frank that they have his son. His other child is a baby, so that doesn't really matter. But his other son is like, what, like four or four or five, something like yeah. that. And somebody cusses around him and he's like, oh, hold on. You just got to tell him to put his earmuffs on. So he, he earmuffs it. And then you can say he's like, then you can say almost every curse word. And he like just rattles off all these curse words. And then Frank adds like two more. And Beanie just looks at him in disdain. And he's just like, you don't have to celebrate it, Frank. Right. <laughs> how dare you? I love how put out he is because Mitch didn't say earmuffs. Like this is a well-established tradition. Like earmuffs, man. All That's all you have to say. <laughs> yeah. And now the baby's upset. All right. My final HM. It's a small one, but I love Frank's Firebird. It's the car that he's working on out in his driveway when Marissa tries to bring him some Mm -hmm. iced tea. He's good to go, but he's got it out and about later on, and it is gorgeous. I love that model of Firebird. I love that moment when he's working on the car and you've got got Here I Go Again on my own playing, and then he walks over and he's just like, hey, Mike. To his neighbor that's not on camera at all. And you know that that was totally improvised by Will. Right. It makes me laugh every single time. And I feel like back in the day, I mean, listen, I I was, I've not been shy about the fact that I was very into Vince Vaughn. So Mm -hmm. I watched all of his movies on repeat for a long time. And I would also watch this movie with a commentary because he was on the commentary. Yeah. And I feel like that was one of the things they they laughed about because there was no Mike. And he just (laughs) randomly was like, hey, Mike. (laughs) That would be fun to go back and rewatch this with the commentary. Yeah, I would like to because I haven't listened to it in so long. That'd be fun. We'll probably hear stuff that I'll be like, oh, we should have talked about that on the podcast. We could have a follow up episode where we talk about what we found out on the old school (laughs) DVD commentary track. Let us just read it to you word for word. (laughs) And we have to mention Blue. Yes. I mean, so many memorable quotes around Blue from this movie. I love when they're looking at the pictures of the pledges. In the van. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mitch is like, who's that guy? And just the reverence in Beanie's voice when he goes, oh, that's blue. (laughs) It's so great. And during the hazing, when Will is yelling at all the pledges that are like standing up on the wall with the cinder block securely attached to their penis. To their penis. (laughs) And that's when Will screams his famous quote. Blue, you're my boy. Thank you. sir. And of course, the funeral. When Frank's singing Dust in the Wind. All we are is dust in the wind. You're my boy, Blue! And later on when Will's like been fighting and he gets kind of knocked out. And he says, I think I see Blue. He looks glorious. (laughs) Another one that you quote often still to this day. I do. And then we both had one final collective HM, the gymnastics sequence when they're trying to win their way into the college. Yes. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's called, but they've got to compete. And one of the sports they picked for them was gymnastics. But I love Will's interpretive dance section. The ribbon dance. The ribbon dance, because it reminds me so much of church. (laughs) You had ribbon dancers at church. I did not have that. We would have a ribbon dancer come up and she wouldn't go up on stage. She would go down on the floor 
with her 30 foot ribbon and go throughout the whole auditorium, which is an enormous auditorium. Oh, yeah. You went to like a mega church. Yeah. Well, for the time, for yeah. the 80s, you know, it was like 2000 people, which uh-huh. was big back then. But I mean, she'd be flying that thing. It looked just like Will Ferrell. It, <laughs> it makes me laugh so much when I see him doing that. I love it. If you've never noticed this while watching, if you watch, because I know it's hard to take your eyes off of Will Ferrell there, mm-hmm. but if you, Vince Vaughn is standing against the wall and the way that he is watching Frank's performance yeah. is just, he's like in awe and he's like shaking his head with emotion, you know, right. like he can't it's believe so it's just so beautiful and amazing. <laughs> yeah. And he holds, he keeps that going the whole time. I highly recommend going back and watching that scene. Yeah. And then just tacking on to the end of that, I love when Vince has to do the the rings mm-hmm. and he's holding on and he's got a cigarette hanging <laughs> out of cigarette. his mouth. <laughs> and then he starts coughing and like spits it out. And then he's like, still holding, <laughs> still holding. <laughs> So proud. I never understood the cigarette, but I think that's the point. It was just so funny that he's up there doing the rings with this cigarette. This man who's like pushing 40 at the time. Yeah. And that's all for old school. I'm so glad we went back and rewatched it. It was a good time to cover it. Yeah. And I think we needed a palate cleanser after all those rom-coms. We did. (laughs) I appreciated it. So 2003, we thought it would be fun to talk about some of the actors that had their film debuts that year. First one. Benedict Cumberbatch, who I don't know if you know this, cannot say the word penguin, or at least he's on a documentary where. A what? (laughs) Shut up. A a docu what? A documentary. Oh, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. He's on a documentary (laughs) that has a spot with penguins and he, he calls them like penguins and he says like six different words. Where he's trying to say penguin, but he can't. He can't get the G? Well, he's like pronouncing it wrong, putting the G in the wrong spot. Oh. And he's, he wasn't doing it on purpose. I've seen him on later interviews where he's just laughing about it. And like everybody oh, so knows it. he's acknowledging that he can't say it. Yes. That's funny. What a random bit of Very information. Random, Thank yeah. you. Do you have random bits of information about all of these? I do not. Oh, okay. Next up, we have Zac Efron. Selena Gomez. Jennifer Goodwin. Eva Green. Michael C. Hall. Wow. Josh Hutcherson. Anna Kendrick. Danny McBride, who I love. Chris Pratt. And Kristen Wiig. Wow, what a year. I know. For debuts. But also, like, 2003 doesn't seem like it was that long ago. (laughs) But when you look at this, these people that I feel like I've known who they are for a very, very long time, but then you're like, oh, wait, that's almost 20 years. And Zac Efron, that was his debut? I thought he was getting his head in the game way before then. Well, I don't know when High School Musical was, but I'm pretty sure that it was. I oh mean, yeah, I guess later. that. No, that you're right. That was probably 2008 ish. This was Melinda's World. I don't wow. know if that was like a show on Disney or. What. That's great. Sadly, that year we lost film legends Gregory Peck and Catherine Hepburn. Wow! It's also the year that we lost June Carter Cash in May, and then Johnny Cash in September. Oh. That always makes me so sad, sad. but like also kind of happy because you just know that he didn't want to be without her. Right. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say it makes me happy. Just makes me believe in love. Well, it's a thing that it's very stressful on your body to lose a loved one. Right. It's like he died of a broken heart. Did. And when you're when you're older, Mm -hmm. it's harder for your body to go through that. So, yeah. All right. On a lighter note, at the 76th annual Academy Awards. Best Picture, The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. 
Best director was Peter Jackson from The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Best actor, Sean Penn, Mystic River. Best actress, Charlize Theron, Monster. I saw that in the theater. Actually, I saw, I've seen all of these in the theater so yeah. far, but I did go to the theater for Monster. Best supporting actor, Tim Robbins, Mystic River. And best supporting actress was Renee Zellweger in Cold Mountain. I have never seen Cold Mountain. I have seen it, yeah. At the 45th Annual Grammy Awards, Nora Jones and her song, Don't Know Why, were the main recipients of the night. I waited till I saw the sun I don't know why I didn't come I left you by Yeah, she won six Grammys, including Record of the Year, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Best New Artist, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, and Best Pop Vocal Album. And I feel like maybe she had two albums, and then she just kind of disappeared. Yeah, she's, I think, still around. But, I mean, after that first one, I just think nothing could really top it. Yeah, it was a perfect album. It was perfect from beginning to end. Absolutely. And she probably made so much money back then, like that was right at the end of where artists could make, I mean, ungodly amounts of money. Mm -hmm. And hopefully she made that. I have a memory with that song. Okay. So I was seeing, (laughs) if anybody watched the Mickey Mouse Club back in the day, there's a guy, Tony Luca, who was on the Mickey Mouse Club. He was also on The Voice years later, Team Adam. But... I, you know, loved him on the Mickey Mouse Club. I used to, he was best friends with JC from NSYNC. I used to go see him when he was, would like play shows in Orlando. And he also played randomly, like for a weekend would play this place called King's Mansion in Daytona. Mm-hmm. Probably talked about this before. I'm not sure if I have Not on the not. podcast. You've told me about it. Okay. But it was just such a beautiful place. Like, I wanted to get married there. Yeah. Sadly, I found out years later that they tore it down. They tore it down? Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, I saw him there several times. But mm. I think this was the first time that I had seen him there. And we he started playing outside on the, like, patio area, which was overlooking the ocean and everything. It was so magical. And then you had lights everywhere. But it was too humid. So his strings were, I don't know, was messing with his guitar strings. Sure. So he ended up having to stop and move everything inside, which was kind of disappointing because it was, I loved the vibe out there. But while we were waiting for them to move everything inside, they were playing music over the speakers. Right. And, you know, we had had some drinks or whatever, but (laughs) this, like the sun was going down and, and then they had all these twinkle lights and don't know why I didn't call like was playing. Yeah. And we like went out on the sand and we're like dancing around and like really? spinning around in the sand and the ocean and, you know, seeing one of your favorite artists play. And it's like it a just, core memory now. Yeah, it was a really fun. That's great. Moment that I had forgotten about until just now. I wish I could see pictures of that place because you've described it to me in such depth that I picture what it looks like, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind. But I'm sure it, it's nothing like it. But it'd be great to see what it did look like and see if my interpretation of what you said is accurate. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can find any pictures. I mean, I have pictures of me and my friends and him from that night, but you can't really see. Can't see the venue. Right. Okay. And I don't know if if like pictures online would do it justice. Yeah. Because I don't know if it would capture like the ambiance. And the feel of it. Right. You've got to be there. But it felt like you were in a castle. Yeah. I remember On the ocean. (laughs) A castle on the ocean. A sand castle. Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember walking down the 
big grand hallways to go to the bathroom. But it's like it felt grand, but also run down in yeah. a way, you know, but not, but not, I don't know. I mean, weathered. I think if you throw <laughs> weathered, I think if you put lights on anything, it makes it feel right better. Are we <laughs> talking magical. like uh, bistro lights, like that kind of lighting? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it'll spruce many a location up. It will. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, it's a fun memory. That is fun. We should go out to that song. Let's do it. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. My heart is dry.